This is the Impact Report. I'm your host, Katie Ullman. The Impact Report brings together students and faculty in Bard College's MBA in Sustainability program with leaders in business, sustainability, finance, social entrepreneurship, and more. These conversations go live the first and third Friday of each month. This week, I'm joined by Wisdom Supply Company's co-founder and CEO, Heather Itzla. Well, Heather, thank you so much for joining me today on the Impact Report. Thank you so Uh, much for having me. Thrilled to be able to learn more about Wisdom Supply Company and also hear about your background in the space of trying to eliminate plastic in our environment. The company was founded in 2017, so it's relatively new. (laughs) And you're already a B Corps. Congratulations. Thank you. In fact, we just got um, certified as best for the world in the environment category. So that's where of all the the B Corps in the world, um, they select the top 10% in each category for um, what they're doing. And so we just, uh, we just made best for the world for the environment. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. And tell us, you know, specifically the mission of wisdom. So you're not creating the product. You're, would it be fair to say that you're curating? It started as a curating. It was started as collecting all of the least wasteful things in the marketplace that I could find. Now we are shifting into a manufacturing space where we could not find, say, student planners or um, a particular pencil tin in what we wanted. Now we've started making things. And so I think you'll see as the years go on, we'll probably be introducing, I think, two to three of our own products um, because what exists out there can be difficult to make sure you have enough quantity to, to satisfy all of the schools that are signing up, or they don't quite hit the mark on recyclability or um, waste-free, um, the parameters that we set for that. For instance, our, um, for instance, our pencil tin. We had that made because the pencil tins that were on the market were big and, and there's too much space in them. And when you have too much space, we've noticed, students fill it. So you've got a, what was it should be a pencil tin with a pencil and a pen and a highlighter and an eraser is now filled with a full set of color pencils and a bunch of pens that don't work. And you don't need to be carrying all of that. So we designed a pencil tin to fit specifically one layer of items because when you're more mindful of what you have in that you know my one pencil's in there my one sharpener's in there my one highlighter my one eraser that's really all you need i can't think of a a circumstance in which you you need to show up and you must have four or five pencils on you and markers and erasers and fidget spinners and stuff so i think there's just when when you have a bigger thing you fill it with a bunch of garbage yeah How big is your team? We are currently two people with uh, a board. 
so we're at our we're at a very um, early stages. This is our third year of school deliveries and and shipping nationwide, and we're currently um, uh, speaking to funders. So we are a um, we're a corporation, and I believed in setting it up that way because. I feel like um, anytime you're doing something good for the environment or you are you're working in that space, it's assumed you are a nonprofit. And I felt like we shouldn't have to be that anymore. I think for too long, the people working so hard to do good are, are pushed into this um, nonprofit space. But I think more and more companies, and you see that with the growth of the B Corp movement, that you can do both. You can do um, do good for the environment and work to uh, for profit, and work for your employees to uh, benefit from the company doing well as well. I agree. So, who's the other person working with you? Right, I'm the founder and CEO, and then my co-founder is Nikki Koslowski, and she came in um, with me at. 2016 and we incorporated in 2017 and you know the, the effort to start all of this goes back to you know before I ever even thought of it as a business it was when my own kids were in middle school and I couldn't find you know, waste-free products for them to use in school and so uh, I spoke with the school and they knew that I was really passionate about the um, plastic pollution crisis that uh, I asked if I could purchase all of the supplies for the whole school in the most zero waste way I knew how and then families would reimburse me and so that went on for a few years and, um, and then it was time for my own kids to move out of that school and I kind of left the school with the best practices I knew how and it it kind of fell apart and so uh, I went back and helped them set it up, kind of helped them create how they would keep this ordering going forward. And, uh, and it was from there and at the request of one other nearby school saying, hey, we'd love it if you helped us figure out how to do zero waste buying for the school, that it became clear it needed to be a business that, that when you do these things as a volunteer effort, they fall apart when the volunteer leaves or when that parent who's doing this effort, when their kids graduate out of that school, all of that work, all of that knowledge is lost. So that's when it, it became clear this was no longer and, and shouldn't be or couldn't sustain itself as a volunteer effort, that it needed to be, um, it needed to be a business. And that's when I became aware of um, the B Corp movement, I read the B Corp handbook and decided that I would build it as a business using that B Corp handbook as a, as a guide on how to set up a business. And uh, yeah. Wow, so you set up your business based on the guide that B Corp provides. That's impressive. Right, because I knew I wanted to be that. I, didn't want it ever questioned that what it was I was setting up, um, that since it was going to be a for-profit business, I didn't want it to be questioned that what I was doing was greenwashing or that um, I was just capitalizing on this um, on an environmental movement. 
I wanted uh, that kind of certification from the get-go. So when I read that book, I read the B Corp Handbook, and I read Yvonne Schwinnard's, um, the founder of Patagonia. I read his book, uh, Let My People Go Surfing, and really studied how, um, you know, about Patagonia being a B Corp and, and about the culture of Patagonia, and that really motivated me to, to use that as a, um, a guide on how to set up the business, you know, down to the level of where do you bank? What sort of bank are you using for your business? So it, from the bottom up, if you build it that way, it makes becoming certified a little easier. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Now, how did you get your first customers? Well, the first customers were friends who, whose children went to the same school. Um, it was easy for me to set up at that school because they had already experienced it. I was already kind of set up there. So it was an easy, an easy way to enter there. Then one of the teachers from the school where I started this went to teach at a, at a new school and it followed her there. So she introduced what we were doing to the staff there and, you know, it took a lot of um, imagining how to scale this because I was doing it for such a small little school to go from, you know, 70 students to 400 students was a jump Wow! and uh, required creating a website and learning very quickly, you know, how do you do this? How do you scale purchasing in those quantities? You know, because I'd been doing this out of my home, you know, having everything delivered uh, to my home, breaking it all out in my living room and then delivering it to the school. So then, you know, you, you grow little by little and then you're operating out of a storage space. And then you, you know, we moved, I think, four times in two years for warehouses. You know, I operated out of the back of a friend's warehouse once we outgrew the storage space and then um, and now we're in our own, we have our own warehouse. But it was a lot of little bits of moving around and a lot of learning how to build a website and how to um, how to become a buyer and an inventory planner because you're you're dealing now with 30 different SKUs when before you were just buying a few things for a school so there's a lot of learning very quickly how to supply for schools and then then you hear people saying, my, my original idea was I was only going to stock schools. And I didn't really see this as something that I would ship to people's homes for their one individual, you know, um, back to school kit for their own student or their child. But when I started getting emails from people saying, well, my child doesn't go to the school that you're supplying right now. I still want to buy zero waste supplies. Can you send it to me? And I thought, I guess I do that now. So we built on the website a way for individuals to purchase the um, the products themselves and kind of build their own back to school kit. You know, take your back to school shopping list from your school and compare it against the products that we offer. And uh, and then we started shipping to people's homes. And it was a way that I didn't really imagine that the business was going to go. But you listen to what people are saying and and respond. And so. Um, so we ship nationwide, um, still exploring shipping uh, international. It's surprising to me how many requests we get from uh, the UK, from Canada, 
and from Australia for shipping school supplies. You know, people come do their back to school shopping on our website for their children, you know, in the UK or in Australia. So we're, we're continuing to learn to respond to the requests that we get. How do you ensure the integrity of your supply chain? How did you, was that difficult for you to find manufacturers um, that, that could deliver the products that you wanted to provide for your own family and now for your customers? Absolutely. And it is, uh, it's been an education for me how much research goes into um, the products that we carry. And part of that was learning from my B Corp certification, the level of backup that you need to have for each vendor to back up that the things uh, are coming from where, where they say they're coming from. So you have, uh, say, your pencils are uh, forest, forest stewardship certified. You back that up and you, you have for your B Corp certification proof that the company you're buying your pencils from has that certification on file. So for every product we carry, there's a whole database of what is their certification that they have on file for those products. So that's, that's one level. Um, and then uh, the other is in figuring out how we make our own products, you know, and, and so for us, to go seek these certifications for the materials that we use. So it's, all of it has been a, um, a whole new education into what, what, uh, what other companies go through, what hoops they jump through to have their products certified, and, and we're doing the same. So, um, and there's another layer of then needing to tell all of these stories on the website and explain what each of these things mean. So as we have gone through now our third back to school shopping season, we are going back over the website and now trying to layer in, you know, links to what each of these things mean, because then that's better transparency with our customers so that they can see what is a safe force initiative or forest stewardship certified or, you know, um, so it's, it's layered, but it's, it's a, it's a, I feel like B Corp has really taught me a lot in, in what we had to go through to get certified in, um, in how to build that, bake that into just the structure. That's just natural. That's just how we source our products. That's what we keep on file for each company. So uh, it's another year of learning, but, um, but we're solid. You know, we came out of our B Corp certification. I think it's a score of 93. Wow. Um, which was a so that's so that's all of this hard work. It's so tedious, you know, to to go back and prove each of these things for your vendors. But but I can see why it's worth it. Have there been? How did you find your um, suppliers? How did you? I mean, let's take take a step back for a second. What work were you doing before you were doing this? What prepared What prepared you? Um, to be the CEO of your own startup, basically. Right. Well, years ago, I had been drawn to work for a company called Smith & Hawkins, 
and it was a um, a gardening company in Northern California. They sold fine English gardening tools, and um, I was just drawn to it because if you know who Paul Hawken is, um, he, it, it his ethos attracted me, and um, and so you know I worked from the bottom up, started in retail and then uh, ended up going to work at corporate and worked in their publicity department and uh, learning how just how the buying process goes how the inventory planning process goes it was a catalog company so um, i was exposed to a great deal and uh, and now see myself using that in in day-to-day operations here but that said uh, i don't think anything prepares you really for starting your own company and especially when you're a really small team you wear every hat and you do every job and you you know regardless of your skill level you're doing it all um and i don't think anything ever really prepares you for that but it's uh it's tremendously uh, exciting exhausting and rewarding um to see to see what we're building, get this B Corp certification and get these um, testimonials from people that are so excited and say, I wish I'd known about you before, you know, just the, the passion right now out there from parents who want access to products that are not, you know, becoming part of the global waste stream is super exciting. So and how did you choose your price points? When I first started this, I knew that the entire thing would fail if I priced things more expensively than typically your back-to-school shopping lists. So I bought and sold at cost to prove that there was a desire for people to be able to um, buy products that didn't contribute to the waste stream. So okay. <laughs> with a zero margin out of my living room sort of situation to, to test and see is this, do other people feel like this, you know, about this the way that I do? Um, because even, you know, five, six, seven years ago, we were not having the conversations about plastic and about waste that we are now. It seems every day, you know, I'm hearing more on mainstream news about plastic and waste, and the conversation really seems to um, have opened up. And and the number of emails that we get from people that are so excited to finally have a way to buy this, these conversations were not happening a while back. I got a lot of, you know, all those years ago, a lot of like, that's so nice that you're doing that. But now there's, um, it, it seems really striking to me how much more interest there is in and stocking classrooms in a zero-waste way and in educating students about this in the process um, and making kids aware that, you know, the, the choices of their school supplies are on purpose and that they are not contributing to the waste stream. That's new. That was not happening years ago. You know, I'm glad you said that because initially and unfortunately, a lot of times when something is better for the environment, it's usually cost prohibitive for a lot right. of people to be able to utilize and purchase these items um, when you can just go to your local drugstore 
or your local, you know, office supply store and just have it in hand quickly. It's a funny conversation because, so let's say you get a back to school shopping list from your school. That's what, I mean, I'm seeing that they're increasingly long. What is not on that list are prices often. So it can seem like it's not going to cost that much. You just take this list to the store, you get that stuff. It's not that expensive. Um, When we take those lists, and we take the time to, you know, go online and you fill up your cart with all this stuff from a big box store. It's often extremely expensive if you were to get everything on that list. And I find that parents often want to, especially when the children are younger, want to get everything on the list because they really want to be helpful for the teacher. And they want to make sure that the teacher um, has everything they need in the classroom. So if you really do buy everything on this list, it's incredibly expensive. Um, So we approach it from a number of ways. Um, One is that we keep our prices pretty much on par with what you're going to see in the stores while we don't do uh, the sales and the specials that you'll see in big box stores like two for one and three for a dollar. Part of that is intentional in that we're not trying to get you to buy anything you don't need, and we are not packaging anything in such a way to to kind of force you into buying multiples. You know, you'll see on these back-to-school shopping lists that you need, you know, four folders. Ah, but they come in a pack of 12, you know, and it's plastic wrapped. So if you want from us four folders, you can get four folders from us. And they're a higher quality folder, a thicker paper folder. Um, but we're not forcing you into buying more. We're not packaging them up. So you end up actually spending less with us. Uh, A school shopping list can tell you to buy, you know, a pack of sticky notes, but they're sold in a pack of six, and they're surprisingly expensive. They turn out to be about a dollar a pad in, in big box stores, too. But with us, if you want, you can buy two pads and it's not wrapped. There's no plastic, you know, so, so when you're very intentional and you're buying what's on the list uh, and you're shopping with us, you actually can spend less than you would if you took the, the list to the store, because what inevitably happens is you end up getting more than you need, more than you intended to, both because of the way things are packaged and the way they have the store set up to grab your attention. And you did, even though it's not on the list, your child may see that, you know, branded uh, sparkly pencil case or something near the register. And then that's going to go in the, in the cart, right? Um, and there are a lot of very uh, sneaky ways that they get you to buy more than you need. And that's the opposite of what we want you, of what we, want you to do. In fact, uh, we did a, a Instagram post recently saying, do not buy our pens because we believe you have pens at home. You have pens in your junk drawer. You have pens in your backpack from last year. No one needs to go buy more pens. So we actually tell you, take these things out of your cart and go look at what you already have. You probably have a pencil box from last year too. It has usable pens in it and probably pencils and erasers. So we keep having that conversation 
with our customers to go take stock of what you have before you shop with us because you really don't need it all. We don't like this, um, this big marketing push to throw everything away from last year and start fresh, buy all brand new things. We think use what you have and then when you really do need something, come back and start doing it right and, and buy better, buy, buy with intention. As we grow, you know, we're, we're able to purchase in quantities that improve our margins, which has been great. And for us, you know, even though we're asking customers to kind of take stock of what they have um, before purchasing with us, every new customer is a new customer to us. And then we hope that by having honest conversations about not buying what you don't need, that we earn their trust and that we become their their source for supplies, both at their school or their home or their office going forward. And I think building on that trust, you know, a message that we really want people to understand and, and why shopping with us, um, why people should feel better about it is our belief that you can't sell both the product that causes the problem, the, the line of products that cause the pollution problem, and then also the solution. All I'm feeling is you don't get to sell both and, and it's kind of like pick a side, you know, and, and we picked a side of we're out here to solve a waste problem and a giant waste problem that's coming out of schools and offices. You know, our whole mission is about drawing down this waste because we're at the point where the you know, annual production of plastic um, exceeds the entire weight of humanity and mm -hmm. all of that plastic is here forever. That's a problem, and and so with us, we won't sell both. We won't sell the pro, you know the products that cause the problem, and then the things that we pretend are the solution. Very well said. I mean, if you you know could tell the future and had a wish list, one year, three years, five years, where would wisdom be? In this coming year, our goal is to make it easier for to implement waste-free practices and to have, so we'd like to set ourselves up to, to partner with schools and help them into this because we get these inquiries from schools and teachers frequently saying, we want to do this, we don't know how. So within the next year, we would like to have the roadmap there for schools to start um, implement in uh, in sections or stages and help them understand the, the variety of ways they can pay for it because schools are all um, different in the way that they some schools have uh, um, a robust PTA budget that, that helps to offset the cost of some of these things. Uh, some schools parents pay everything and other schools you know it's included in tuition and we currently partner with schools in each way. So if we can help schools see, here's how you, here are things you can do to reduce waste, and here are ways that we can assist you in, in seeing that they're paid for, 
get back to where things like rulers and scissors are uh, and, and wall-mounted pencil sharpeners, those are all things that are just school, uh, belong in the school, rather than what you're seeing on the back-to-school shopping list now. Every year, there's a ruler on that list, and every year there's scissors. Where are all the scissors and the rulers going? You know, these things used to be staples that were in a classroom. Mm. So we'd like to help schools kind of take that back in the coming years and move back to um, scissors belong in a classroom, rulers belong in a classroom, uh, but these are not um, disposable products. And then that the, that the things on the back to school shopping list um, are simplified so that it's easier for parents to get these things. And, um, and then the, what's, what works the best when we're talking from a waste standpoint is to stock the classrooms. So rather than than having um, a teacher send out a back-to-school shopping list to their 25 children in the class and have their families, 25 cars, go off and shop, you know, 25 shopping trips at all these stores and bringing back, you know, some variation of all this stuff, move to stocking the classroom. And that can be a situation where all of the parents just put in, well, it's $40 for a student. Then that teacher stocks the, the classroom with the supplies and, and they're used throughout the year and whatever's left over at the end of the year rolls forward to the following year. That's kind of our gold standard. That's the, where you see the greatest amount of waste reduction in a classroom. So as, as our company grows and we kind of normalize that your kids go to school, the supplies are all there and it's you know paid for I, however your school pays for it. it. It could be parents contribute to the fund or it's included in tuition, or it can be a hybrid program where there's a little bit of both. But um, normalizing this and normalizing the simplicity of the products needed in the classroom is uh, what we're working towards. What motivates us to come in here every day and do this work, you know, we are reading these headlines about what's happening with plastic and what's happening to our ocean, how there's, you know, literally plastic in the air we're breathing. That, that information, um, that motivates us. Great. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to me. My kids always joke that uh, if I have a minute with anyone, I will turn whatever the topic of conversation is to plastic and waste. And so thank you for letting me talk about it so long. Check out their products and learn more at wisdomsupplyco.com. Listen to the next episode of the Impact Report on Friday, October 4th. We'll be joined by Bob Langert, the former CSO of McDonald's, author and Green Biz Editor-at-Large. For our complete lineup and other news, visit us at impactreportpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. BARD MBA in Sustainability is one of a select few graduate programs globally that fully integrates sustainability into a core business curriculum. Learn more at bard.edu slash MBA.